This is the New Living Way podcast. We herald the one eternal redemptive purpose of God as it culminates and fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ in the new covenant. I'm your host, R.D. Pineda, here in, currently based here in the United Arab Emirates. And would like to welcome each and every one of our viewers. As early as uh, now, we would, uh, if there are any greeters or comments, we would like to read them, their shout out. And as usual, I would like to say that we are live. We are live via Facebook our Facebook page, uh, The New and Living Way, and also via YouTube, our channel with the same title. And please uh, do support us in, by your likes and your, your support of uh, subscribing to our YouTube channel. And also, uh, we are also currently, we are in the mainstream uh, platforms of most major podcasts, uh, audio podcasts like... Uh, iTunes, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean.com, uh, and now we are available through Spotify. Spotify is one of the leading uh, music and podcast platform in the world. So there are many now. There are now many channels where we can uh, subscribe to to our podcast. And if you are able to to download our episodes by uh, audio podcast you can hear them whenever you are uh, whenever you want so if you are not able to to watch this live so you can hear by our various channel so please do subscribe to our various channel of our, our podcast and before we go to to our our topic for today uh, episode 6 we would uh, again this uh, first part of our program is we are uh, defining theological terms. No, those who are not so, for those who are not so keen in uh, theological terms. So this is our, our main purpose is for us to, to study theology, not in the sense of uh, academic uh, only, but uh, theology, biblical theology, as it affects uh, our our Christian life. So, our theological term of the day is covenant. So, covenant, as described in the in the Bible, no, we are, as you can see, our our title is uh, the new and living way and this is we are heralding in in our intro we can, we say that we herald the one redemptive uh, purpose of god as it culminates in the new covenant the new covenant in the lord jesus christ in the lord jesus christ cut by his blood uh, in the cross so a covenant a covenant is a band in blood sovereignly administered so we will we will uh, there are three aspects of the definition of a covenant a covenant is a bond in blood sovereignly 
administered. So, when God enters into a covenantal relationship with men, He sovereignly institutes a life and death bond. A covenant is a bond in blood or a bond of, bond of life and death, sovereignly administered. So there are three aspects in this definition of uh, a covenant. What is the meaning of covenant? There are three aspects to the definition. Number one, a covenant is a bond. It's a bond. Not, not coffin bond. Huh? It's a bond. Relationship. It's in its most <laughs> in its most essential aspect. A covenant is that which binds people together. Nothing closer to the heart of the biblical concept of the covenant than the imagery of a bond inviolable uh, in the band inviolable. So that's the meaning of a bond. No? The heart of the biblical concept, the covenant, the, the imagery of a bond. It's like, you know, uh, together, bond. Extensive, extensive investigations into the etymology of the Old Testament for covenant in the Hebrew word berit have proven inconclusive in determining the meaning of the word. Yet, the contextual usage of the term in scripture points rather consistently to the concept of a bond or relationship. It is always a person, either God or man, who makes a covenant. The, the formalizing element essential for the establishing of all divine covenants in scripture is a verbalized declaration of the character of the bond being established. God speaks to establish to establish his covenant. He speaks graciously to commit himself to his creatures and to declare the basis on which he shall relate to his creation. The prominence of oaths and signs in the divine covenants underline the fact that a covenant in its essence is a bond. A covenant commits people to one another. The number two aspect of a covenant, a covenant based on the definition, a covenant is a band in blood. In blood. The phrase bond in blood or band of life and death expresses the ultimacy of the commitment between God and man in the covenantal context. By initiating covenants, God, nevers, God never enters into a casual or informal relationship with man. Instead, the implication of his bonds extend to the ultimate issues of life and death. The basic terminology describing the inauguration of a covenantal relationship vivifies the life and death intensity of the divine covenants. The praise translated to make a covenant in the Old Testament literally reads to cut a covenant. So basically, yung cut is based from the word uh, berit. To, is, the means of berit is cut. So to make a covenant in the Old Testament literally reads to cut a covenant. The phrase to cut a covenant does not appear just as it once stayed in the history of the biblical covenants. Much to the contrary, it occurs prominently across the entire spread of the Old Testament. This relating of a cutting process to the establishment of a covenant manifests itself throughout the ancient languages and cultures 
of the Middle East or the ancient ancient Near East Eastern culture, like now where we where I live, where we are currently residing in the Middle East, not only in Israel but in many surrounding cultures. The binding character of covenant is related to a terminology of kati. Not only the terminology, but the rituals commonly associated with the establishment of covenants reflect quite dramatically a cutting process. As a covenant is made, animals are cut in a ritual ceremony. And the most obvious example of this procedure is in the scripture is found in Genesis 15, you know, the Abrahamic covenant. At the time of the making of the, the Abrahamic covenant, first Abraham divides a series of animals, lays and lays the pieces over against one another. Then a symbolic representation of God passes between the divided pieces of animals. The result is the making or cutting of a covenant. And finally, based on, based on the definition, a covenant is a bond in blood sovereignly administered. A long history has marked the analysis of the covenants in the terms of mutual compacts or contracts. We, we, we normally understand covenant as contract. But recent scholarship established rather certainly the sovereign character of the administration of the divine covenant in the scripture. Both biblical and extra-biblical evidence points to, the, points to the unilateral form of covenantal establishment. No such thing as bargaining bartering or contracting characterizes the divine covenants of scripture the sovereign lord of heaven and earth dictates the terms of his covenant the successive covenants of scripture may emphasize either promissory or legal aspects but this point of emphasis does not alter the basic character of a covenantal administration whatever may be the distinctive substance of a particular covenant the mode of administration remains constant. A covenant is a bond in blood, sovereignly administered. That's all taken from the book of O. Palmer Robertson in part one, Introduction to Divine Covenants. The Christ, the book is The Christ of the Covenants. I have that here uh, from uh, Presbyterian and Reform Publishing Company. A good definition by, by O. Palmer Robertson. So I hope we have understood uh, the meaning of the covenant in that comprehensive co uh, definition of uh, Robertson. Now we will go, we will proceed now to our episode six. The episode six, uh, our title or our topic for episode six is uh, What Time Is It? An exposition of the salvation history in the epistle uh, to the Galatians. And uh, our, our resource speaker for today is the, the elder pastor of Apologia Gospel Church. Uh, I think co-elder of uh, uh, Leonard, but he's the pastor, the lead pastor of, of Apologia Gospel Church. And he's, uh, he's quite a silent supporter of uh, uh, NCT Tambayan. But he's, uh, I think he's recently graduated uh, in, with Master's in Theology in, in Cebu. But he will, he will uh, introduce himself. 
So I'd like to call uh, uh, Brother Ryan, Ryan uh, Ermac. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Uh, good evening po, Brother uh, RD and to all our uh, brothers and sisters and friends uh, watching us right now. Uh, yun, maayong gabi here from Cebu, Philippines. From Cebu. Wow. Cebu. Cebu City, not Cebu City, no? Oh, Mandawi City kami. Mandawi City. Okay. So, Ryan, can you introduce uh, yourself a little bit uh, about about you, background, and how did you came to know the, you know, the theology of uh, the New Covenant? Just a brief background in your ministry there in Apologia Gospel Church. Yes. Um, so I'm currently serving in Apologia Gospel Church, no, uh, as mentioned here in in Cebu. Uh, I, I was um, currently, I graduated from my master's degree in theology and still continuing to uh, finish my uh, MDiv. And um, I'm also teaching uh, Greek in one of our uh, seminaries here in, in Cebu. Um, growing up, yung background ko naman, growing up exposed ako, I think for, for many of us, like many of us, exposed to dispensationalism. Eh. But then when I uh, came back to the Lord, um, in short, I was exposed to these Calvinist preachers who were um, used by God for me to to turn away from my sins and 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 just continue to serve Him. And as I studied the Scriptures, I was exposed to not just dispensationalism but also to covenant theology. And I found it still wanting. So I, I studied the Scriptures myself and and. Uh, formed by the grace of God, NCT uh, convictions. And it was only later on through knowing some friends, Brother Leonard and uh, the Facebook groups and some books, the Abraham's Four Seeds, that have con uh, that, that concreted talaga yung, yung convictions to, to, to NCT. And so yun, yun in short, uh, my, my history with how I, I became uh, NCT. Okay, about your, your family? Oh yeah, I'm married. I'm currently married. Of course, I'm happily okay. married, and I have two kids. Uh, uh, upcoming, there's an upcoming baby also this year uh, around uh, by wow. November, by God's grace. So congratulations! We'll be a big yes. family. <laughs> so and also your church, your yeah, current um, church. Yon, uh, as I mentioned, I'm I'm currently serving sa Apologia Gospel Church. Uh, I'm, one of the elders, uh, preacher, and um, we're a new church basically. No, um, we've started the church uh, last year, uh, more than a year ago, and and uh, since we're new, we really started out as a church, as an NCT church. So yun yung maganda. Uh, we started as an NCT church, and now we're currently training elders and leaders of the church. Um, on 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 not just NCT but all the basics of, of doing ministry and and uh, uh, other uh, our our church ministry. Okay, so basically you're basically a full time full time uh, minister there, or you have a job? Dibo. So, so tayo po ay uh, uh, yung tinatawag na bivocational din. So I'm ah, also okay. I'm also an engineer. I'm actually an engineer. Um, I'm currently working here in, in our airport in in Cebu. So, on, on the, um, wow. but of course, um, yun uh, uh, ministry. Uh, at the same time, we're also working to be able to provide our 
our family as well. Wow, so wow. yun ang lahat ng elders natin naman uh, by vocational. So working, okay. serving. Oh, great, great, great. Uh, no, the, the load, no? You're working uh, for the Lord and working uh, to provide your family. So that's 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 a, that's a good testimony, no? Not not only to rely on on, on uh, support of, of others. No? So without without uh, further ado, we would like to begin with your exposition, and I think your your exposition is uh, in in Galatians, right? Right. Yes. Um, so Galatians. again, we will we will uh, the episode six is what time is it so now is for <laughs> for 39 know, for for 17 <laughs> for no 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 what time is it meaning in the in the salvation salvation history no or redemptive history we we already covered that in the theological term of the day salvation history or redemptive history in the epistle to the galatians so i will give you the floor Rather yes. to expound uh, on the on the book of Galatians, Ephesians of Galatians. Right. right, thank you, uh, Brother Ardino. So we will actually talk about salvation history, the epistle of Galatians, and when we talk about salvation history, we're talking about the unfolding of God's redemptive events in human history. However, now as we study Galatians, titingnan natin kung saan at at one point na tayo sa salvation history. That's why the title. What time is it? Is it the time of the old covenant? Is it the time of the law? Is it the time of 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 death? Is it the time where obedience is by letter, by by the by compulsion, or is it something else? And so, as we study uh, the the book of Galatians now, we will realize and learn that we are in in an entirely different timeline, and actually the center, the focus of my exposition, or I would say the center or the fulcrum of all of this argument is in Galatians 4, 4, when, when the Apostle Paul writing says that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, you know, where God sent out his son, born under woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. That would be a question of, of time and the main uh, the main verse that we'll be talking about. But in order to understand that, we're going to look at the background. And I'll be sharing at least six main points to support my, my main point uh, at this, uh, this, uh, uh, this exposition. What time is it? And the main point is this, that it is the time of the new covenant where Christ redeems his people, made us children of God, gave us the spirit, and made us heirs of God. Basically, it's a very simple main point, but in, in order to understand more and to, to be able to appreciate where I'm coming from, tingnan natin muna yung background, the background of the, of the Galatians. Galatians, I believe, is uh, the first letter na sinulat ni Paul to, to a church or churches. No? This, is, this was written by the Apostle Paul to the churches in, in Galatia, in the, in the district of Galatia. Now, yung mga churches... And Galatia, hindi lang to isang local church. These are churches that the Apostle Paul planted as a product of the first missionary journey of Paul and, and his partners in Acts chapter 13 and, and 14. Now, after nung na-plant na, na, na niya yung mga church, unfortunately, after he left these churches, 
there's a group of people that we call Judaizers came from Jerusalem, who, who claimed to be from Jerusalem, went to these churches and were preaching a different kind of gospel. And these Judaizers, these people seem to be claiming that they have the authority of, of the pillars or the influential leaders from Jerusalem apostles. And if, if we're going to, to do a, a little mirror reading or back readings argument with Paul's Galatians, it seems that these Judaizers are claiming that Paul's message is not a complete message. Parabang sinasabi nila, well, Paul, he's not really one of the original 12 apostles. He came in late. He is subordinate to these apostles. Therefore, his message, yes, it's perhaps it's correct, but it's not entirely complete. The implication is that these Judaizers are preaching and teaching that faith in Jesus Christ is not enough. That they needed to add something else. And in and later on, we'll see that these Judaizers are telling the Galatians that they need to subscribe to the law, to the requirements of the law of Moses in order to complete their salvation. So as a result of that, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the churches in Galatia, warning them, urging them not to turn away from the gospel they've heard and they've received from Paul. That uh, a little bit of a, an overview of a background where this a letter is coming from, right? And this leads us to our first point or a first sub point that will support our main point. And it is this, that in the new covenant, in the time of the new covenant, there is only one true gospel for the Jews and Gentiles. Perhaps you've heard, ako personally, I've heard before na may parang dalawang gospel daw, a separate gospel for the Jews, a separate gospel for the Gentiles. However, if we're going to read Galatians chapter 1, especially verse 6 and, and forward, says, no, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. In verse 7, it's very clear. Not that there is another one. Not that there is another one. But there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Paul is telling the Galatians, there is no other gospel. There is only one gospel for the Jews and for the Gentiles. Doesn't mean yakasi Gentiles sila, Galatians sila, then what they're uh, hearing now from these Judaizers are another kind of gospel. For Paul, he says, not that there is another one. There is only one true gospel for both Jews and Gentiles. This means that both Jews and Gentiles are saved in the same way through the same gospel. These Galatians, Galatian Christians were already Christians when they received the gospel from Paul. And when these Judaizers came, that's the word Paul used here. The, these people are compelling the Galatians to not just, not necessarily na abandon nila yung na receive nila kay Paul, but to add something else. As if there is another way for them to be completely saved. And in this main, in this first point, in the verses we've we've read, 
Paul is telling them no. There is only one gospel, and that's why we 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 sense and we hear the gravity by yung yung weight na na sinulat ni Paul sa following verses of verse eight and nine. Sabi niya, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. So these Judaizers are preaching a gospel, claiming some authority from Jerusalem. Siguro sinasabi nila, oops, yung, yung tinuturo ni Paul sa kanya lang yun, but now we're telling you a gospel from Jerusalem. But for Paul, he says, even if it, came, even if it comes from heaven, if it's a different gospel, then let him be accursed. And as in verse 9, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Let him be anathema. That's a very, very scary, scary word. Because for Paul, this brings us to our first point, sub-point, that in the time of the new covenant, there is only one true gospel for Jews and Gentiles. Now, let me go straight to, to, to the sub-point two because it's related to the first sub-point. And it is this, that in the time of the new covenant, justification or being made righteous, to be declared righteous before the eyes of God, is by faith in Christ apart from the law of Moses. And that brings us to the second chapter of Galatians, Galatians chapter 2. So this is very related to, for, uh, to, the, uh, to the first sub-point because if there's only one gospel, both for Jews and Gentiles, one way for, for salvation for, for both Jews and Gentiles, then to be justified, to be made righteous, to be declared righteous before God is also only through one way. And that is by faith in Christ apart, apart from the works of the law. Galatians 2.15 Paul says, we ourselves are Jews by birth, not Gentile sinners. Yet we know, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified this is this is slap no parang 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 binato yung mga yung, yung argument ng judaizers eh kasi for them for the galatian christians and by implication every one of us in order for us to be accepted by god in order for us to be declared righteous without penalty of our sin we only have to believe in christ and and that was what the galatian christians did Pero yung mga Judaizers, sabi nila, no, it's not enough. Kailangan, you have to add something to your faith, and that is subscription to the law of Moses. You need to be circumcised and observe these days, these days, days seasons, the Sabbath, all of that. And, and for Paul, sabi niya, no, we're justified apart from the apart from the works of the law we're, we're justified by faith in Christ and and this brings us no um for those of you thinking this brings us to to kasi ito yung contention eh and and the the the, the precursor 
on why there was a Jerusalem council in Acts chapter 15. Because these Judaizers were preaching a different gospel, adding something to faith for Paul, Jesus alone. For the Judaizers, Jesus plus something else. For Paul, faith alone. But for these Judaizers, faith plus the law of Moses. For Paul, it's, it's all by grace. But for these Judaizers, no, it's not just grace alone, but you need to do something else. And to, to, to bring a, 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 a relevant application today uh, for those of you uh, uh, watching and maybe you grew up as a Roman Catholic and you also might be a Roman Catholic now, this is a message for you na yung justification natin, natin, in order for us to be declared righteous before God, it's not through our works, our good works, our compliance to these sets of rules or doing the sacraments and all of that. Wala tayong magagawa na, ma, uh, that will make us righteous before God. There is nothing in us. The, the book of Hebrews uh, describes it, yung, yung works natin as dead works. It will it will not make us righteous before God. So in the time of the new covenant, and we are in this time that for us, for any person to be justified, to be declared righteous for their sins, be forgiven and declared righteous, one only has to believe in Christ, and not and apart apart from the works of the law. All evangelical Christians, hopefully, Protestants, uh, evangelical Christians, believe in this in this point. Ito yung, ito yung uh, ano natin eh, dividing line. Dividing uh, line. Uh, from from, the, from the, the Catholic, Roman Catholic uh, position. And that's why we have the Reformation. And let me proceed to the third point. And uh, I, I will a, a little bit put a, a caution there because, yes, even all evangelical Christians, uh, as long as they're, uh, kanang, they still believe in the in the Reformation doctrines, believe in the point one, sub point two. However, in sub point three, this is where we part ways with some of our brothers and, and sisters in the faith, because my third sub point is this: that in the New Covenant, sanctification is by the Spirit, apart from the law and the flesh. Sanctification is by the Spirit apart from the law and the flesh. Now, I'll read the verses so that uh, I'm not just saying my own opinion. No? Galatians 3, verses 1 to 5. And this is where Paul gets very, very emotional. Sabi niya, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified verse 2 let me ask you only this did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith ganda nito sa verse 2 kasi sa verse 2 ang ginagamit ni Paul is all past tense and therefore reminding the Galatians on the time of history in their lives when they were saved when they were justified Paul is reminding them na Galatians yung time na na-save kayo the time that you were justified in the past was it because you were doing the works of the law or did you receive the spirit by hearing with faith 
And this is a rhetorical question, and the, the answer is obvious. Of course, these Galatians, they, they don't know the law. They were justified without knowing the law, without obeying the law. They were justified just by hearing, by faith. So in verse 2, Paul is reminding them of, of, of that, of that uh, event in their lives. Now, verse 3, are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, past tense, are you now being perfected by the flesh? The grammar is very telling because Paul is using all past tense, reminding the, the Galatians that in the past you were justified not by works of the law, but by hear, but he, by hearing by faith. It's the work of the Spirit. And then all of a sudden, si Paul didalanya sa present. He he shifts the grammar to presence, present tense. Are you now being perfected? Paul is telling them, okay, you're justified by faith. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And now, how are you being perfected? Paul is telling them now, as Christians, the perfecting work, the present, ongoing, the current perfecting work in your life now is not because you're doing the law, you're complying with the law, but it's still because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, granted, you don't, you, you don't read the, the word sanctification there. It's my theological interpretation that yung work of per, of the, the present work of perfection that we are being currently ongoing perfected by the work of the Holy Spirit is for me the work of, of sanctification, the theology of, of sanctification. And Paul is telling us, this brings me to my third sub-point, that in the time of the new covenant pala, hindi lang justify tayo by faith apart from the works of the law. We are also currently being presently sanctified, being perfected apart from the works of the law, but only through the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, Paul, in, 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 in verse 5, he says, does he, meaning God, who supplies, again, present tense, does he, does God who supplies present, currently, ongoing, the supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, do so by the works of the law? Meaning, is the Holy Spirit is, is being su supplied to you currently, presently, ongoing? Is it because you're, you're serving the Sabbath, you're, you're being circumcised, you're doing all the requirements of the law? No. Walang kinalaman ng works of the law, the law of Moses in perfecting you. It's still by hearing with faith. This is this is very mind-blowing to me. Uh, uh, Brother R.D., a few years ago, I was studying this in Greek, and I realized that yung mga change ng grammar is very telling and very informative na as a Christian pala, yes, we know we're justified not by law, but by faith. But many times when we want to be sanctified, we want to return to the law. But, but Paul is telling the Galatians, don't return to the law. Well, what time is it? It's not the time of the law of Moses. It's the time of the Spirit. It's the time that we are sanctified and being sanctified by hearing, by faith. And when we believe in the Word of God, the Spirit works in our hearts. I think, brother, yes, let me just uh, react to that uh, from my background before, no? Uh, 
I, I am an I'm an avowed reader of the Puritans, you know. Uh, when I was in the, another in the church, in the Reformed uh, Baptist Church, you know, there is a there is a line. I don't know if you know this that uh, I think one of the Puritans, if I'm if, not, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, Watson or some some Thomas Watson. He said, like uh, we are justified uh, away from the law, only to be sanctified back to the law. Yes, and, that's, I, that's I, I, and I thank the Lord that that is not scripture. <laughs> yeah, you see, the Puritans are one of uh, you know experimental uh, religion. We, we respect them. We we highly I I, I highly value the pur the Puritans, but in that way I I would humbly deviate as what you are now. Because I just just nagplash uh, sa mind ko yung yung base now sa execute mo. Uh, up to now, a lot of people are saying that uh, we need the law to sanctify us or the rule of life, as we have discussed before. That is the rule of life in the Decalogue. So that's very good uh, point in Exegete on, on that. I just want to mention that as, this, as the underlying uh, theology in sanctification that you also need the law as, uh, as a rule of life. For you to be sanctified. Uh, sadly, that's 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 uh, where we deviate from. All right. From our brothers, uh, covenant theology brothers. So continue, yes. brother. Yes, and 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 it's because also. Uh, let me just let me just add to that. Because, uh, pupunta tayo dun sa 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 tripartite division ng law. Eh. But later on, mm -hmm. I, 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 they they'll justify na hindi naman lahat ng law yung ano lang yung moral law and I know this has been discussed before in 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 the previous uh, podcast yeah. but, but later on it will be touched uh, uh, a little point uh, briefly later I think in in my fifth sub point but this brings me to the fourth sub point that in the time of the new covenant the promise of blessing to Abraham is fulfilled in Christ and to those who are in Christ. Because in salvation history, we were looking at the, the Abrahamic covenant and how this is fulfilled. And at one point, yes, um, the land is, was fulfilled even at the time of Joshua. The worldwide blessing at some point, it's, it's relatively fulfilled in the man, especially in the time when David and Solomon became kings of Israel. But all of these blessings were were brought to a greater reality, to, a, to, a, to the ultimate level of fulfillment in Abraham, in Christ, sorry, rather. So, Galatians 3, uh, especially verse 14, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. And ito yung maganda, um, um, I will not, dig deeper on this sub point but many times as Christians kasi especially if galing tayo sa ibang tradition tinitingnan natin ang ibang inheritance tinitingnan natin yung inheritance of or the, the promised inheritance of the land the promised inheritance of the worldwide blessing without thinking that in Christ all of those promised blessings to Abraham are already fulfilled the descendant or the offspring who is Christ, the worldwide blessing which is found in Christ, the land which is also found in Christ in the new, in the new creation. 
And so now that we are in Christ, all of those blessings promised to Abraham also came to us Gentiles if we believe in Christ. Now this brings me to the fifth sub point. Okay? And and I'll, I'll talk more about this kasi ito yung parang medyo, medyo malalim at the same time mas, mas, mas heavy at mas malawak yung emphasis ni Paul in this fifth sub point. And this is this. That in the new covenant, the law of Moses serves a purpose no more. Maraming magagalit sa, sa akin perhaps because of, of this point. But in looking at this sub-point, I'm, I'm going to look at three dimensions or three arguments from Galatians. Okay, the first dimension or the first sub-sub-point of this point is this. That the law serves a temporary role in Galatians chapter 3. Verses 19 to 29. And let me just read starting verse 23. Sabi ni Paul, Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. Anong, anong faith ba to? Sabi niya sa verse 24, So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came. So parang may equivalency na, Itong faith, who is really Christ, the, the message of Christ, the person of Christ, his, his message of, of faith, his, his, the gospel of faith, that sa pagdating niya, the law ceases or, or yeah, ceases to function. Claro sa verse, eh, that the law was our guardian until, until that word, until it is a, a, a temporal marker. No? Na ibig sabihin, hanggang doon lang. Hanggang doon lang. Hindi pwedeng uh, kung ano yung function niya, ano yung existence niya, will still go beyond that temporal marker until. So sabi dito, the law serves a temporary purpose, a temporary role in salvation history. That before Christ came, we were held captive under the law. Grabe no, yung ministry ng law dito, it's a, it's a ministry of captivity. It's a ministry of imprisonment. And ang role kasi ng law is, is just a guardian until Christ came. In order that we might be justified by faith. And verse 25, but now, but now, that faith has come. We are no longer under a guardian. We, in other words, we are no longer under that law, that law of Moses. So, of course, we know the, the word guardian uh, from the Greek word pedagogos, or a, some translation would use a schoolmaster. Uh, it brings us to uh, a Greco-Roman household wherein yung guardian or yung schoolmaster is parang tutor. Um, para siyang uh, supervisor ng mga bata ng mga ng mga bata so that in such in such a way na matrain sila in their in their life until such time na they're adults and they will be given the full responsibility and the full inheritance by their parents but until until such time or when that time comes then that schoolmaster or that guardian then wala na siyang wala na siyang role so in the same way Paul is saying that you know, we 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 are we are already adults in the in the household. We have 
we have already the faith, we have received faith. Christ has already come. This law, who is our guardian, serves or ceases to function anymore. We are no longer under the law. So the temporary function of the law was very clear in these mentioned verses. They all hinge to the coming of the faith, which is the gospel tied to the coming of Jesus Christ. And since Jesus Christ has come, the gospel has been preached. Faith has come. The law serves a purpose no more. That's the first dimension or angle to support our sub-point, that the law of Moses serves a purpose no more. The second sub-point or the second dimension to support that is quite one. Arang is, is quite shocking even for me. Because this is the, the second dimension is this, that observance of the law is like serving weak and worthless elementary principles of the world. It's Galatians chapter 4, verse 8 to 9. Paul says, Formerly, Galatians, formerly in your past life, when you did not know God, you're still unbelievers. You were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. They're their idolatrous life. But now that you have come to know God or rather be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? Paul is equating for us Christians that if you are going back to the law, you're, you're, you're complying, observing the law, it's like living a life of idolatry. It's like going back to your past life when you are serving these false gods, these idols. And that's very shocking to me because somewhere we've heard that, of course, the law is good, it's, it's righteous, it came from God. But as Christians, if you are still desiring and striving in your life to seek the law of Moses, trying to comply with the law of Moses, observing the law of Moses for you to be sanctified and justified, it's like serving a different God at all. So Paul is saying, you, you don't do that. You flee from idols. You flee from idolatry. You don't go back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world simply because the law of Moses serves a purpose no more. Amen. Just not to, I just want to interact I remember yung sa episode yung sinabi ni, ni Kuya Ray. You know, you are already in the PBA. Alam ko, alam ko napa, napakinggan nyo. PBA ka na, professional basketball ka na, but you're, may nag-question no, dun sa whether we still obey the, the Decalogue when we are obeying the law of Christ. Sabi ni Kuya Ray dun is, you're already a professional basketball player, PBA, and you want, you are more concerned with the with the amateur, amateur rules or Mika, Mika sabi niya dun eh. So, I guess yun yung analogy na nakikita natin na sinasabi mo eh. Elementary, nasa, nasa college ka na eh. Hmm. Tapos gusto mo pang bumalik sa elementary. Totoo. <laughs> so, Totoo. Uh, no? <laughs> elementary principles of the world. So, it's a weak and worthless. So, elementary principles and this brings us to another the third sub sub point of this sub point 
is that we are no longer under the law. Clearly, explicitly, Paul is saying we're no longer under the law. Galatians 4 verses 21 to chapter 5 verse 1. Sabi niya, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? He said, they desire pa nila to be under the law. And, and Paul is reminding them, chapter 5 verse 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. The law is, is slavery. It's enslaving us. But Christ has set us free. So, bakit ka babalik dun sa slavery if you're already set free? And this, this brings us to, uh, uh, let's assume na parang may mag, mag-oppose or mag-contradict. And, and yung na-mention kanina na, okay, sasabihin, well, we're, we're not really going back to the whole law. Or Paul is, is just talking about a portion of the law naman, not the entirety of the law. Maybe he's just talking about the this ritual or this religious law or this moral law. And, and so we have this all man-made um, mga structures or man-made divisions of the law. But Paul is very clear in Galatians 5, 2 sabi, and, and verse 3. Sabi niya, look, I, Paul, say to you, that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Why? Verse 3, sabi ni Paul, I testify again to everyone, to every man who accepts circumcision, that he is obligated to keep the whole law. For Paul, there is no such thing as a tri tripartite division of the law. For Paul, kung sabi ng mga Judaizers, you, you subscribe to this portion, this some of these requirements of the law. Paul is saying, no, if, if, you're, if you are subscribing to these some of these portions, maybe just the Ten Commandments, maybe just a few commandments, for Paul, Paul is saying, it's like you are, you are obligated to keep the whole law. And if you do that, you are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law you have fallen away from grace and so that's why uh, uh i'm i'm uh, convinced nct no because even in these verses and in the arguments of galatians we we, we cannot divide the law eh? we, we cannot just say na na okay at the time of the of the of the galatian uh, galatian christians na Okay, Paul, we're, we're not really subscribing to the whole law naman. Kahit circumcision lang naman, tsaka yung Sabbath, at tsaka yung ibang requirements na pwedeng applicable pa naman. But for Paul, Paul is, is, is saying, what? No, if, if you want to accept a portion of this law, in this case circumcision, then you're obligated, required to obey everything because that's the Amen. law. It's unitary. It's Amen. unitary. You cannot divide it. And so Paul in these verses, is just saying to the Galatians, you cannot return to the law. Why? Because the law of Moses serves a purpose no more. Yes, perhaps in salvation history, before Christ, it has its purpose. But since Christ came in the fullness of time, Christ came and the law ceases to function for Christians, for those who are justified by faith in Christ. And this brings me to my last sub-point uh, as an answer to a possible possible question or an accusation. Kasi sasabihin nila, ah, okay, wala na pala kayong law eh. So you don't have the law. 
perhaps you are against the law, you are anti-law, then you are an antinomian. And that brings me to the to my last sub-point, which Paul brings in chapter 5 and chapter 6. In the time of the new covenant, we still have the law, but it's not the law of Moses. Galatians call this the law of Christ. And this law of Christ is 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 not is not a for me, it's not a parang it's it's not oh, all continuity, you know? it, it's not huh? it's not it's it's something na na um, Galatians 5.13 um, and then we'll jump to chapter 6 verse 2 kasi maganda yung pagkasulat eh for you were called to freedom brothers only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another for the whole law is fulfilled in one word you shall love your neighbor as yourself and then let's just jump chapter 6 verse 2 bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ Paul, in, 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 in telling, in, in writing these to the Galatians, is telling them that as Christians, meron naman tayong law eh. But it's not the law of Moses. It's, it's the law of love. It's the royal law, according to James. It's, it's the law wherein we get to love one another, our neighbors, as ourselves. And this is demonstrated if we bear one another's burdens. It's a very practical love. And by doing so, we fulfill the law of Moses? No. It's the law of Christ. You know, I remember yung sa transfiguration, the Mount of Transfiguration, di ba? Nagpakita si, si, si Moses, si Elijah, and, and Jesus being transfigured with all his glory and splendor. And then the voice from heaven says to the, to the disciples, na, this is Jesus, is my beloved son. Listen to, to Moses. Listen to, to Elijah. Uh, no, they're a shadow. Listen to Jesus. This is the lawgiver. This is the, the mediator of the new covenant. Listen to him, my beloved son. And as Christians, we have the law. We're, we're followers of Christ. We have the law of Christ. It's the law of love. Amen. And so it's uh, uh, an an answer to uh, for sure you brother uh, Ardi uh, you have heard those <laughs> perhaps experienced those accusations na okay antinomian uh, and the big A yeah definitely that old <laughs> term yeah definitely <laughs> and it's hurtful it's it's I say it's it's a strawman argument it's uh, it's not true. You have the law of Christ, and in in this I, law, I always answer them. You know, uh, how can you be lawless if you are in Christ first? How can you be, you know, if you are really in the Lord Jesus Christ? And according to Paul, you know, you are in love to Christ. I think uh, there is a nuance with the, with uh, with this verse, the the law of love or the law of Christ here with with First uh, Corinthians nine. No, uh, I'm in law to Christ, not the literal Greek learning. The, the moral constraint is with the Lord Jesus Christ. How can you be lawless when you are, uh, you know, when you are indwelt by, by, by the Spirit in the Lord Jesus Christ in you? 
how how can you because the, the 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 most uh, odious uh, charge with that is we don't have any more law as in they want they want they want always a codified do not do not in principle they want they want they want uh, a categorical say ah, still still uh, you know the, the ten commandments still apply to us in in the because it was written by the finger of God, you know all that, all that sense. But I always uh, that that's always the the sad part of it that our brothers are charging us. Actually, in in Reformed Baptists, they they are not calling NCT as uh, practical antinomian, which is the the original term for that is the antinomian is referring to those who are. Uh, you know they are claiming to be to be Christians but living in sin. That's that's the original use of the antinomian. But they are saying NCT is doctrinal antinomian. <laughs> we are doctrinal antinomian, now, not practical antinomian. We, we also they said we are also uh, elevating Christ as the, the Holy Spirit, the sanctifying power in our to become holy. All this, but. In doctrine, we are saying they are saying we are doctrinally antinomian. <laughs> to, to be fair, that's their, what they are saying in, in especially in Reformed Baptist. So that's that's sad part of it no? because of the misunderstanding. Right. Yeah. And hence, hence the title of this podcast. What time is it? Because yun yung gusto kong point out eh. Um, what time is it? It's it's not just a question of time, but it's really a, a practical question. Kung saan mo piniplace yung sarili mo in salvation history. And this brings us to our main point that it is the time of the new covenant. Christ came in the fullness of time. It is the time of Christ, not Moses. It's the time of grace, not law. It is the time of the spirit, not the letter. It is the time of life, not death. It is the time of freedom, not slavery. It is the time of righteousness, not sin. It is the time of obedience from the heart, not compulsion from the stone. It is the time of the new covenant and not the old. Amen. Amen. That that's uh, wind up your exposition. This in the new covenant, Christ came, brought redemption, made us
admit you to the chat room or to the studio room so you can see that the link now in the comment section you can ask there no but before that let us read kanina let us read the, the mga greetings dito from our viewers henry god bless go pastor ryan for you, Henry, a member of NCT Tambayan, no? si Henry. From your church, right? From your church? Yes. Jericho Cantoria. Oh, two regular viewers. Hi, Jericho. Thank you again for, for viewing, for watching. Sovereign Mercy Evangelical Church, the Church of Quit Sabio. Good PM po. Yeah. Thank you, SGMC, supporting us. Viola from SGMC also. No? Good evening, Pastor Ryan, Pastor Leonard, and Bro RD. Good evening then, Viola. Our regular viewer din si Viola. So, Leonard, slanderous yan to call NCT antinomia. Slanderous to call NCT antinomia. See, they, they define antinomian when it comes to the Decalogue. So in their in their own framework, they are uh, calling it antinomian, anti-law or the law, mm. meaning that as they understood it. So in one sense, uh, in one sense, we are anti-law, as uh, Kuyari mentioned in the previous, uh, we are anti the Decalogue as uh, eternal moral law but not in the sense of the true meaning of antinomian. So, that's, that's, that's si slanderous nga. Di ba, abogado pa to si, <laughs> si Leonard. Slanderous daw, no? Abogado ka ba? <laughs> no, abogado, Leonard. So, that's, that's, that's really odious term. Odious. Amen. Sino pa? Oh, mayroon nang pumasok dito na na ano, magko-question. Si Quits. Mamaya muna, Quits, ha? Basahin muna natin yung mga iba, no? Okay. Good evening din, Brother Leonard. Good evening po sa lahat. Good evening. Thank you, Pastor RD, Pastor Darian. Thank you. If antinomian tayo, sila legalist. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Ay, bro, kulay. Okay. So, merong uh, brave soul. May, may nagbabalik. Si Quits, mukhang magtatanog. May magbabalik, uh, balik tayo dito. Sige, add to sa screen. May tanong yata siya. O may point siya. Hi! Hi po. Hi Quits. po. Hi, Quits. Hello po. Hello po, Yeah, actually, wala akong tanong. Pero magtatanong din ako. Pero fan ako ni, ano, <laughs> may, Pastor may... Ryan. <laughs> Yes, yes. So, okay. uh, 
Uh, yung, yung question ko lang is about dun sa salvation history. Kasi nabanggit ni Pastor Ryan a while ago yung uh, Galatians 4, which is, uh, yun, yun yung pinaka-explicit, no, pinaka-malinaw na, na, what you call this, parang pinathesis ni Paul with regards to salvation history. Would you agree na yung uh, Galatians uh, 4.21 is also about, is still talking about uh dito yung salvation history no yung ay yung two ale yung allegories na ginamit ni yep. yep. can you ano can you yeah yeah oh si uh, uh, personally it mm. so, so, slave so woman yeah yeah that's right uh, example of of uh Hagar and and Sarah personally it's it's uh it's also about salvation history um for me uh, it's an allegory, no? Um, it's seldom that Paul uses an allegory to explain, and he 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 brings up a a historical event, the life of Hagar and her son, compared to the life of Sarah, which is also uh, uh, was promised an offspring, and so the argument for me, Paul Dito, is that reminding them that. Uh, we are uh, children of, of Sarah in such a way that yung, yung si Hagar is, a, a, is symbolic, symbolic of the one na, uh, of, of, an, of, of a covenant that is of Mount Sinai that is of slavery. Kasi slave naman si, si Hagar but we don't belong to Hagar, we, we belong to Sarah. Uh, our covenant is like Sarah because her offspring is a promised one. Our our covenant is a covenant of, of, of promise, and so um, and yung 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 uh, exhortation ni Paul in the in the in the ending verses the section that was very was very telling. Na sinasabi niya na you 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 cast uh, you cast out the slave woman. You, you, in other words. If you're going back to the law, it's like you're going back to slavery, and our covenant is not like Hagar, who were promised an off, uh, sorry, who who had an offspring, but it's not of promise. It's they're, they're of slavery. Their offspring is of slavery, and and so uh, it still supports back to the argument of the role of the law in in salvation history, because when Christ came, then the law of Moses serves purpose no more so hindi ko lang hindi ko lang mention yan or I, will, uh, I intentionally did not include that in in the explanation because it will still it will take time again to to, to explain the 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 use of allegory and and all of that in, in, in these verses but agree with the analogy dyan yung yung sense eh, two sense diba even even if you mentioned even you mentioned a while ago no we were still uh, child sons the analogy is with 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 the child there are two sons there are two child so whichever you are yep. your mother is sarah or so the analogy with with the two covenants is with the with uh, whether who is your mother whether uh, mount sinai or or the or the cross, diba? So or Hagar or Sarah, no? One is with the promise, and one, the son of the free woman and the son of the slave. The slave woman. Mm. Yeah. So 
that's very clear in terms of the division or the the distinction so mas 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 uh, as i can see mas ano dito yung discontinuity yung yeah. distinction between the two covenants these two women are two covenants according to this verse diba one from mount sinai so the analogy is with the with children we are you know as as brother ryan expounded we were in elementary principles yeah. of the world diba so uh just imagine your children diba they are not free when they are still young once they are <laughs> once they are 18 by 18 sa America <laughs> sige layas ganun yung analogy eh. uh, diba? so kanino ka ba talaga anak anak ka ba ng tree o anak ka ng anak ka ng ino mo <laughs> <laughs> so you are you are sons of the the free or the slave Lirian, no? And according to the verse is that is Mount Sinai. Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem for she is, a, she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free and she is our mother. Ito, ma, medyo ano tong, dalawang kind of Jerusalem pa sinabi dito. Yung current Jerusalem ng time nila and yung uh, Jerusalem from above. Oh, so Jerusalem. Hindi mo magkakaano yan? Magkaka-intersect yan sa who are the, who are the people of God? Yeah, oh yeah. Intersect yan doon, di ba? Anyway, that's that's another complex... Uh, <laughs> I, I have additional question with regard dun sa word na pedagog na ginamit uh, sa, with regard sa law. Diba? Na, na mention, Paul mentioned that the law was a, a guardian and yung term na ginamit is pedagog. Do you agree with some of the uh, what, what the Reformed Baptists used? Ang, ang understanding nila with regard dun sa term na pedagog is more of a, a tutor instead mm-hmm. of a guardian kasi may i believe there's a there are differences with regard doon kasi oh, some, some 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 have argued that that uh, for example Thomas Schreiner says that it's not functioning as a tutor mm-hmm. no hindi kasi it, because, yeah, it's more of custodian parang parang yaya yeah. something like that yeah. uh, do, do you yeah. do you agree with Tom Schreiner's uh, Tom, Tom Schreiner's position yeah Yes, oh, kasi yung pedagogos um it's it's not really kasi pag tutor parang ano eh parang more of um ano ba eskwelahan uh, eskwelahan <laughs> um like, uh, education is part also it's part there for me um, one of the roles ng pedagogos to 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 teach but it's not more of parang parang shallow kasi pag, pag tutor lang eh really more of if a guardian if a, a, my parang my oversight at the same time parang training them eh, uh, teaching uh, but again um I, I i really do not want to personally i do not want to delve into the the nuances of those terms because 
uh, for me naman yung main point dito it's 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 really yung 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 temporal role ng ng law uh, when it comes to the to the timeline of of salvation history yan lang po, yan lang yung aking question. Isa pa yung point ni Paul dito no, uh, sa Galatians. Walang pinag-iba yung, yung son or the minor, no? minor son or child as, uh, with a slave. Parang ano, ano niya dun eh. Mm. He's like a slave. And, yung, so in terms of, ang um, question ko, no? may question pala to. In terms of uh, sa difference, no, kasi parang sinasabi ni Paul dito is uh, parang yung child, yung minor, is the same with the slave. Mm. So how how can we differentiate? I mean, if, if, uh, in terms of is there a distinction between a slave and a son? Pero ang gamit dito ni Paul is like the same. Slave, mm. slave in what sense? She's in slavery with her children. Because mm. so, for me, naman yung nakikita ko dito is um, so Galatians, Galatians three, right? Galatians mm. three verses twenty-three. We're actually uh, uh, going to going through chapter chapter four. Four verse one that as long as he's a child, he's no different from a slave, though he is the owner of of uh, everything. So mm-hmm. yun nga parang merong kasi sa sa kanilang uh, I I believe sa kanilang uh, sa background nito. If you're a child, although you are an heir, you are you are a legal heir, and you will someday receive the inheritance. Pero as a child, you don't have that. Uh, that privilege to to enjoy those inheritance now as a child, so you're no different from a slave. I think in context, the it doesn't mean uh, of course uh, doesn't mean that uh, they are the same, but it means lang na uh, as a child like a slave, then he is not enjoying yet the heir which is for him or for for her as a child. But then since the the gospel or the faith has come christ has come the fullness of time we're not already treated as like slaves we are not under the the law anymore we have the inheritance we have we are already made heirs of god we have the spirit uh, of god promised in, in the old testament and we're enjoying the spirit now so i guess yun yung parang um, differentiation in the mind of paul explaining the, the slave and, and the child in uh, context in, in a certain uh, function no? in the function of uh, that you know sabi mo nga, no? not enjoying the the privilege so any more questions uh, i think ang daming comment dito no uh, bisahin natin <laughs> may nagko-comment may nagtatanong uh, uh, ito si Leonard Leonard, gusto mo pumasok ka na, Leonard. <laughs> A legitimate child in the promised child. Tama, bro, Ardy. Who's your mama? Who's your mama? <laughs> Ten Commandments, yaya. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. Yaya yeah, yeah, ang Ten Commandments. Gusto pa yung iba. 
kung just kung uh, consistent tayo diyan sa analogy yung mga city would be pabebe. <laughs> joke lang, joke. <laughs> joke lang 'yan, pabebe. <laughs> si Yaye. <laughs> joke lang 'yon. A tutor only teaches yung function niya can be continuous kahit malaki na. Parang advisor ba, hindi implied ang termination point. Uh, uh, kahit malaki na, advisor, parang advisor, hindi implied ang termination. Which is explicit in Galatians. Pero the guardian has authority only until the child is of age. So, yeah. mas immediately consistent ang understanding ng guardian. Okay? Oh, Kuya Ray. Sorry late. Busy. If you want, you can still uh, can still uh, participate in the interaction, Kuyari. Kung gusto mo pasok ka. Leonard, you do not have authority as a minor kahit air ka. Pareho silang walang inherent authority. In that way, parang slave ka. Okay? So that in the sense na sinabi ni Ryan. Wag daw. Dito siya nakaayos. Uh, si Kuya Ray, one aspect of being under a guardian that in the overlook is that the guardian has the authority to punish. All right. Tama. That's good. Ngan. Ngan, no? Great, great comment, Kuya Ray. Tama. So, kung nagpapaibabaw ka pa sa guardian, kung gusto mo pa sa guardian, lagi kang pinapanish. Tama ba? Lagi kang papaluin. <laughs> Hindi, ganun yun eh, brothers. Ganun yun. Yung mga... I, I, buti na sabi ni Kuya Ray yan eh. Kasi yung mga... You know, like... Yung, yung, yung distinct way of preaching the law sa, sa Reformed Baptist. It's like you are laging pinapalo eh. Lagi kang inaano ng, ng law. Yung Decalogue, pinipreach yung Decalogue. As if you are still uh, sa ano, mother mo pa si Sarah. Eh, mother mo na si... Ay, mother mo pa si Hagar. Si Sarah na mother. Malay ka pinapalo. Hindi mo, hindi mo sinusunod. Hindi mo sinusunod. Where in fact, you are already Sarah's... Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, di ba? Yung covenant. So, na, doon ko nakikita yung parang punishment eh. Uh, laging... Yung ba? Malay ka bang inaano? Pinuprove. Pinuprove na ikaw ba talaga ay kristyano? Sinusunod mo ba talaga yung kautusan? Yung gano'n, yung pounding-pounding na hanggang-hanggang magdugo na yung puso mo, parang unbeliever ka. Yung yung aspect ng law preaching preparationism yung nakikita. Tama ba, Kuya Ray? Tama ba, Kuya Ray? May comment ko pa. So, ang daming commenters ngayon, ha? Great. So, we'd like to just recognize all the all those uh, no those those reaction kuya jimmy quintel leonard uh, all the regular regulars regular viewers thank you very much for your reactions so meron pang isa leonard again if consistency la to be under the law dapat kasama pa rin ng capital punishment for sins like breaking the Sabbath. Oh, good point. Dapat 
Sabbath. Anong ga anong ano anong dapat uh, gawin kung magbe-break ng Sabbath sabi sa sa Old Testament? Yeah, punishable by death. Pero sa Puritans pinaparusahan talaga eh. yung consistent yung Puritans. Pinaparusahan talaga ang mga nag-be-break uh, sa Sabbath sa mga Puritans. Sila pag sa tingin ko sila yung parang pinaka consistent sa sa Sabbath observance yung mga Puritans. Pinaparusahan talaga pinagdinidisiplina. Wala na? I guess uh, maraming-maraming uh, viewers ngayon. So uh, at this point, we would uh, conclude our episode for tonight, episode 6. Thank you very much for all our uh, viewers for staying. One uh, Now is 1 hour and 22 minutes. Thank you very much for our viewers. And also thank you for uh, Pastor Ryan, Ermac. Uh, thank you very much for your excellent exposition of you know the, the whole Galatian no? at na ano mo eh, no? na na expound mo is like in a in a concise form yung 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 book what what's the book it's all about so thank you very much for that uh, excellent exposition also brother please thank you for chiming in additional uh, comments so as usual i would like to encourage everybody to to watch this uh, podcast if you have not uh, watched from the beginning you watch in the facebook our page and in youtube please subscribe to our youtube channel nilalangaw yung youtube channel natin <laughs> so and also our audio podcast uh, apple podcast as, as i said podbean.com and now with uh, spotify so kung gusto niyo lang pakinggan Ayaw mo makita yung mga pagmumukha namin dito, you can do so. So again, thank you very much all our viewers. We will end uh, our episode today. Thank you very much and uh, very pleasant uh, good night to all of us. God bless us all. purpose of God as it culminates and fulfilled the Lord Jesus Christ in the new covenant.